What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Between the Stitches podcast, baseball-only show, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. My name is Ryan. We got a really good episode for you guys today because we have not recorded since the suspension of Fernando Tatis Jr. We've recorded Phenomenal Fan Podcast, which is a sports-only show, and I gave my hot take on there a day after reaction, essentially. But the last episode we published and recorded was talking about the Dodgers and how they're going to be potential World Series champions with all the records they're setting and everything about that. Much to my dismay as a Padres fan, I still think that that's the case, and more so specifically because I think one of the biggest threats that they would have had would have been the Padres with Fernando Tatis Jr. So we will get into all that, but thank you guys for tuning in to episode number 21, the aftermath of the Fernando Tatis Jr. suspension. We're going to be catching up with local uh, San Diego leader of sports media, uh, Stephen Woods, part of the Ben and Woods show. If you haven't listened to it or seen it or anything, check them out on social media. Check them out on Odyssey. Uh, but we're going to get catch up with Steven, get his take on the whole situation, being from the city of San Diego, leading the charge of the media, the sports media in that city that's dealing with all of this adversity, uh, this Fernando Tatis Jr. situation. So thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, as always, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. So let's get into it. Welcome to Between the Stitches, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. Two former college teammates talking about what they know best, baseball. All right, so here we are, August 17th, 2022. We're past the trade deadline. We are in the home stretch of the baseball season. A month and a half left or so. And there's been some recent developments that have changed the outlook on how a lot of people think the season's going to end up. And what we always like to do on this show is give you the standings updates as of this day, the day we're recording, in hopes of just updating and give it a better sense of where the teams are updates you know you go from the last episode of this episode it'll change a little bit it'll change few things have changed in the american league number one going as we do in the standings from east to west american league to national league starting with the al east the yankees are still in first place they still have a nine game lead over the tampa bay rays but one thing that they've proven since we've last recorded is that they are human they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They've lost three, three games in a row. The run differential's gone down significantly. They are suffering from a bit of bad luck in some cases, having their record at 72-45 and 45 because their expected win-loss in relation to the run score versus runs allowed, their expected win-loss is 79-38. and 38. So they're five games under where their expected win-loss would or is. So... I don't know what that can be. There's, a, I'm sure, a lot of different factors that would contribute to that, but they still have a nine-game lead. They're still most likely going to win the American League East, but they don't shape up, and they go 2-8 and eight every set of 10 games they have for the rest of the year. They will be in trouble. So I think the main thing is the, the Yankees are too good of a team. They're too talented. They're too deep to not win that division. They should win that division. I think still very comfortably. They have a nine-game lead on Tampa Bay, 10 games on Toronto, 10.5 on the Baltimore Orioles, who we will get into in a second with the wild card standings. Red Sox are in last, and uh, that division, man, it's got four teams well over 500. So we'll see how that shakes out. Potential, I don't know, four playoff teams from the AL East. Uh-oh. Moving on to the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians have taken over first place. They have a game lead on Minnesota. They have a game lead on the Chicago White Sox. And that division race, while less compelling in potentially the win column, is going to be just as compelling down the home stretch as I think the wild card race is going to be in the American League overall. 
Cleveland's got a one game lead. Minnesota's held it, held that division lead for most of the season. And the White Sox, who have underperformed so much this season, seven and three in their last 10, starting to heat up a little bit, running into some good luck on the flip side with their record at 61 and 56, because their expected record is 57 and 60. So they are playing four games over their expected win loss with a minus 11 run differential, sitting five games over 500. Maybe the White Sox found a little bit of magic, a little bit of spark, and they'll find their way into the postseason. Should be interesting to see in the American League Central. The American League West, Astros are dominating. No one's surprised there. 75 and 43. They're 11 games up on the Seattle Mariners in second place. Those two teams are the only two teams in the American League West with a record over 500. The Rangers are 52 and 64 in third place. They're 22 games back. They just fired their manager. I, the Rangers, I mean, they'll be okay. They have a decent, you know, uh, base, I guess you could say, with Seager, with Simeon, with those other guys that they may be calling up soon. Lighter, Kubar Rocker. Who knows? But for the meantime, Rangers not looking good. National League East. The Mets are in first place in the National League East. Three and a half game lead over Atlanta. They are currently taking on the Atlanta Braves in a series where last night, I think they got the brakes beat off. And if it wasn't last night, it was the night before. Yeah, it was today's Wednesday. So Monday night, they got destroyed by the Braves. The Mets did. And last night, they lost again. So the Braves are shrinking that lead down. That battle in itself is going to be great going down the stretch. I mean, look at the the three and a half games in difference in record, but the run differential, the Mets plus 116, the Braves one plus 114. I mean, as close as it gets. Their expected win-loss is is half a game off uh, of each other. Those teams are just so evenly matched. Uh, each team has strengths and weaknesses that are different than others, right? We know that the Mets have Scherzer and DeGrom and probably better starting pitching. But that so it doesn't mean that their starting pitching is the same, their lineups the same. They have different strengths, but they're evenly matched. So it's going to be fun to see. Phillies in third, sixty-five and fifty-one, on the cusp of a playoff spot. In the National League Central, the Cardinals have a two-game lead over the Brewers. Does that surprise me or anybody else? No. Cardinals always win. Cardinals are an incredibly well-run franchise. The Brewers traded away Josh Hader, but that being said. Brewers aren't completely out of it. A lot of people felt like with the Brewers making those moves, you know, they were going to slowly fade out of the postseason picture. I don't think that's the case. The Brewers are a pretty solid team. They just took down the Dodgers last night at home. So I could see the Brewers finding their way into the postseason. Do I think ultimately they will be in the playoffs? I do not. But they'll be close, and they'll finish over 500. So that little division race will be fun to watch moving forward with two games separating the Cardinals and the Brewers. In the NL West, Dodgers 17-game lead over the Padres in second place. Dodgers are 80-35. and 80-35. and 35. They're 45 games over 500. They have a plus 250 run differential. Their win-loss is 80-35, and 35, if I haven't said that already. 80-35. and 35. Their expected win-loss is 83-32. and 32. It is disgusting. How unbelievable the Dodgers are. Mentioned the Padres in second at 65 and 54, 17 games back. Padres are four and six in their last 10. Fernando Tatis Jr. is not coming back to that team. And we will get into that with Stephen Woods here shortly. But in the wild card race on both leagues, in the American League, right now the Seattle Mariners hold the first wild card spot in the American League. Tampa Bay Rays hold the second wild card spot. Toronto Blue Jays hold the third wild card spot with a thin half game lead over Baltimore and a one game lead over Minnesota and Chicago. So that wild card race, there is one game. Oh, let's let's say if we go from the top, Seattle one, plus one and a half to the White Sox minus out by a game. That's two and a half games separating one, two, three, four, five, six teams. One and a half games separating six teams. That is insane. Two and a half games. Excuse me. Two and a half games separating six teams. That's nuts. Should be fun. 
Should be fun. If the playoffs, uh, if the, yeah, playoffs started today, the one seed would be the Astros, the two seed would be the Yankees, the three seed would be the Cleveland Guardians. And then the wild card teams would be Seattle, Tampa, Toronto. If it ended today, guess what? It doesn't. In the National League, in the wild card, the Braves have, uh, the Braves are the first wild card team, seven and a half games above second wild card team, Philadelphia Phillies. And the Padres hold the third wild card spot with a game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Giants are four and a half back in the wild card. They are two games over 500. I think the Padres still make the playoffs. I do. Because, like I said, I think the Brewers are a good team. But do I think they'll make the playoffs? No. Do I think the Giants will make the playoffs? I don't. But if the Padres don't shape up and aren't able to bounce back from this Fernando Tatis news, they will find themselves looking out from the outside in. So, interesting situation. In the National League, if the playoffs started today, Dodgers would be the one seed, Mets would be the two seed, Cardinals would be the three seed, Braves would be the first wild card team, the Phillies would be the second wild card team, and the Padres would be the third wild card team. <clears throat> the Braves would play the Phillies in a three game series, the Cardinals would play the Padres in a three game series, and the Mets and Dodgers would have first round buys. I think I forgot to mention that in the American League. So, the Mariners and Rays would play each other in the American League for the three-game wildcard series. The Blue Jays and the Guardians would play each other. And then the Yankees and Astros would have the first round bye. So, that's the standings update. And we mentioned the Padres, and we wanted to get into the suspension for Fernando Tatis Jr. For those of you who haven't heard and live, uh, I don't know where, not even under a rock, but 500 feet under the Earth's surface, and haven't seen the light of day in decades. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been suspended 80 games for testing positive for a banned substance, Clostabol. It's a cream. It's an ointment. I put out a reaction video initially, just raw, uncut emotion on Friday when the suspension came out. Have since been able to calibrate. I don't even know if that's the right word because calibrating means that there's been some potentially good to come from the other side of the bat to, to level it off in the middle. There hasn't been any good to come out of this situation yet. Fernando Tatis Jr. is scheduled to meet with the ownership and general manager of the San Diego Padres tomorrow, Thursday, August 18th also potentially mixing in a meeting with his teammates. We'll see how that goes. That's going to be one of the more telling signs. And ultimately, Fernando is in a bad spot. But to get the best insight on it, I wanted to bring in, and I was able to get a hold of Stephen Woods, host of the Ben and Woods show on 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. It's a morning talk show, sports talk radio. They do an awesome job. I, when I'm back in San Diego, always tune into their show when I get the chance. Uh, I try to tune in, even though I don't live in San Diego anymore, but they're well-respected, they're well-spoken, and they host a morning show, like I mentioned, but on Friday after the news came out, the Padres finished their game against the Nationals. They went into the radio station, did an immediate emergency Friday night, sort of taking calls from the people of San Diego, hosted a show. Didn't have to do it, but they just did it because they love sports and they love San Diego. And I think a lot of people appreciated that and it also gave, I think, those guys a little bit more insight into the entire situation. Time has passed. It's now been almost a week since the suspension has been given out. And I think Stephen coming on, being gracious gracious with his time, will allow people listening to understand a little bit more about where people are coming from in San Diego. Because it's a smaller market in the sense of sports. There's only one professional sports team there, being the Padres. And people don't hear the perspective of the San Diegans. People always think it's, oh, laid back and they don't give a shit. doesn't matter. It's not the case. And I think Stephen can attest to that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview with Steven 
and we can uh, get some more insight about where it's coming from, where they are coming from in San Diego. All right, so on the phone, we have Stephen Woods, host of the massive popular, uh, massively popular Ben and Woods show, morning talk show in San Diego, uh, a city that's in desperate need of a championship. And I think uh, Stephen could probably attest to that, being one of the faces of uh, sports talk radio in that city. And uh, Stephen, obviously, with the recent developments, both good and bad, for the San Diego Padres, uh, the, the listeners of this show know my my diehard fandom for the Padres, but I try to keep it unbiased for the most part, and I think you do too in some aspects, but when you have a situation, A, where we acquire everybody, as Blake Snell likes to say, uh, we got all the guys, and then on the flip side, we're ready for, for a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. to come back. After all those moves and everything that's gone on, what would you say – the mood is right now good or bad well, or in between it, it, it's funny because i don't keep it um in the middle uh i i don't consider myself a baseball reporter or a baseball journalist i'm a fan I just happened to do sports radio and our show kind of coincided with the come up of the padres when they signed manny and uh part of now you know, for content purposes, if I was more down the middle, great. Every day we get something uh, interesting to talk about and everybody's talking about us and that's a good thing. But, you know, as, as evidenced by the Tatis news, not all good publicity is good publicity. Um, I'm a fan and I'm also a dad of two little boys who love Fernando. I've met him. And uh, I, I'll tell you, man, I was pretty messed up. Uh, Friday night when I saw that tweet and, and visceral, like a, a literal feeling in my body, you know, tingly skin and just couldn't wrap my head around it. And um, it, it was, it was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow. Um, you know, I've had a few days to reflect on it. And I, I think I feel different today than I did when the news broke, but you know, Friday was a hard day. It was. And you know, if you take sports and baseball seriously as, as I do and, and, and I think it was tough. It was really, really hard to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I know as as a diehard Padres fan, there was, um, you know, all all the different thoughts are going through your head, right? When it happens, yep. how do we get rid of this guy? How do we void this contract? Right, right. I mean, seriously. And and it sounds no, crazy no. Um, if you were to you know say something like that six months ago, not knowing that this would happen, but. You know, even before the t the suspension, those thoughts start to creep in because he's crashing motorcycles and then he's lying about yeah. it. And it's clear that there's already sort of this, I mean, AJ mentioned it after the suspension, but a pattern, right? So yeah. I guess my first question, well, I already asked, I guess the first question, but in specific to Tatis, uh, you know, they released this Derek Jeter documentary and everybody gets to see the insights of how amazing Derek Jeter was as a player, as a person. And more specifically, I think a lot of people will probably say, you know, his, a lot of his success and mental fortitude came from the leadership he had in his life, his parents, his, his, you know, who he chose to surround himself with. Do you think that's something that Fernando is lacking in his life, whether it is parents, parental leadership, or the people he surrounds himself with? Is he getting put up on a pedestal by everybody around him or is it is it a personal problem with him if you had to make an assumption like you know we see the quotes from his dad from his mom it seems to be sort of an enabling uh you know support system he has would you say it's a combination or there's one spot for you that that sticks out more than most well it's a great question um and as a parent it's a fine line between loving supporting cheering for, protecting, covering for your kids. You know, uh, some nasty quotes and comments, you know. I've, I've had some nasty thoughts uh, about the whole situation. I have. I'm human, you know. And once I realized I was human, then I remembered, well, he's human too. And one thing, you know, I, I said it on the air the other day, and I, I stand by it. There are bad people in sports. There are bad general managers, and I mean, like, there are evil. There's evil people. 
in sports. There's evil people in radio. There's evil people in podcasting. He's not a bad dude. I know it. I've yep. seen it. I've seen him sign. I've seen him signing in the rain. I saw him help pull people to safety in Washington when there was gunfire yep. going off. I've met him. I've interviewed him. Um, you know, you can BS your way through a lot. He truly gets it. Like he knows. He knows how important he is. But I will say, you know, look, he has a support system around him. Are they doing him a disservice by um, not making him take responsibility? I think so. And, you know, it's something I struggle with with my own kids. And I know, you know, this is even b- before uh, they've gotten into youth sports. Um, and, I, you know, I know that's going to be political and, and kind of dirty. And it's like, man, I told my wife, I got to trust me. <laughs> they play it's because they've earned the right to play. Yep. Uh, not because I'm going to be down there politicking and shaking hands. They need to learn if they're not good enough to play, then they won't play. Now, Fernando happens to be one of the best in the world. One of the best I've ever seen in 47 years. Um, I think he's had to, I think you have to hit bottom with when you're somebody that big and the ego is that out of control. And by the way, I fully understand why he has a big ego. I would too. Right. Um, For sure. All that money, you know, Bad Bunny is name checking you in a song, you know, the face of baseball. You're damn right. I'm going to have an ego. Absolutely. But what you can't lose sight of is the team. If you want to be a tennis player, go be a tennis player. You want to be a golfer. There's no, locker room you have to walk in and apologize to no yep. but when you're part of of you know 25 other guys 26 guys trying to win a world championship and stuff like this continues to happen yeah man you're accountable to more than just yourself and the fans you're accountable to your teammates and that's you know that's what tomorrow needs to bring um with the the meeting that he's yep. going to be having with the owner and the gm you know and i think the players are going to be at some other time, but or maybe tomorrow, I don't know. But I know yeah. for a fact, GM, GM owner tomorrow, and it starts there. And I'm telling you, man, like, there needs to be hat in hand. You know, like, I'm making changes. I'll go to a therapist. Whatever we got to do, like, I want this. I yep. want this, and I'm sorry I let you down. And that's that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Him. Not, not for me. Not for me. Not for me, the, the season ticket holder. Dude, I don't want to see anybody – squander that ability i want to see that ability on the field it's not for me it's for him i don't i want him to learn and grow and be an upstanding san diego you know uh legend forever because he's good enough to do it and uh, i don't want it for me or my kids i want it for him yep. and i really mean that i do like i really mean it I, I i don't want to see a fall from grace for this kid i really don't it would break my heart and see yeah, you mentioned the meeting tomorrow. For those uh, listening that don't know, <clears throat> supposedly, right, a scheduled meeting with Fernando, ownership, AJ Preller, GM, yeah. and I think potentially the team in some capacity. And, you know, you say that's step one. Everybody knows, of course, at some point or another, he's going to have to, whether it's individually or as a team, address the guys in the clubhouse. And you can address ownership and GM all you want, but at the end of the day, He's not playing the games with those guys. Of course, he wants the trust and respect of AJ and Peter, but he's going to be fighting day in and day out with the teammates he has, Manny and Juan Soto and obviously all these other guys that they have. So I hate to bring it up, and I don't want to talk it into existence, but last year the Padres had an amazing first half. They had Fernando, of course. He was kind of bouncing off and on the uh, the injured list. Then the whole situation with the trade deadline and not acquiring Max Scherzer, and we saw subsequently the team basically tank into nothingness and yeah. not make the playoffs. And it's only been a couple days since the incident has happened. It's not – there's no necessary trend that you could point out yet. But the Padres – the day that it happened, they they destroyed the Nationals ten to three or whatever the case was. So no one's worried about that. But then they they split the t- the next two games with the Nationals. Now they've lost two in a row to the Marlins, who have some good pitching. I guess my question is: Is there anything in the city of San Diego? Anybody you've talked to? Anything like that? 
that's concerned about another August edition of Padres season going to shambles. Is there any concern? Does anybody yeah, feel like I it? Because guys can say all they yeah, want, right? We have the quotes from Clevenger, and we've done it without him and with this and that, but you can say it all you want. The fact is they were expecting him, and it's a big expected boost that you're not going to get. Look, it's very sports radio uh, talking point. And I look, I do sports radio for a living. I hate sports radio. I think <laughs> um, the people don't want to dig deeper. Um, I think it's hard. You can, I can't get on the air and say, look, the reason that they've lost these last two games is because Sandy Alcantara and the kid Cabrera they're really good, and we're not hitting fastballs right now, and we're not hunting fastballs. That's what I did say today. Um, you know, our approach is terrible. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I said that, but but you, you, everyone wants to say, ooh, here's a – what if they're just – they have so much to prove. And it's a safe talking point, right, because no player is ever going to say, yeah, was a distraction because these guys are paid millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in some cases, to above people heckling them, throwing stuff at them. These are the elite of the elite, and some guy that's not going to be there, that hasn't been there all year, you know, that you didn't need to save you, they're never going to admit it was a distraction. So it's kind of a futile exercise you know at least for me and what i do sure and i try to think dif- differently about uh, uh colin cowherd man that sounds like a real hot colin cowherd take that yeah colin watches base- baseball for 20 minutes a year yep and goes wow here's the problem this is why they're okay great prove him wrong he can't you know and it's very it's very sports radio but i will tell you um they're not executing and the last year, the players that were here last year that remember that swoon, fully believe that doubt can enter your head, you know, and doubt, and you can think back and say, I remember, this is kind of how it started, you're only human. Like, that I do believe. If you live through that swoon, like, I take golf lessons. Right. Yeah. I'm in the in golf lessons and I'm hitting the piss out of the ball. And, you know, I have a good round. Then I have a bad round. And I sit there and I dwell on, you know, oh dude. And you go, Oh no, is that really bad golfer there again? And you have to fight your way through it to finish your round. And it started so bad. And I, I was like, I gotta rise above, I gotta hit one good shot, then I gotta hit another one need to go on a winning streak and today's the day to do it because you've got you need to handle them and then you got four against the nationals you know you need to win all four of those and then you look up and hey we've won five in a row and everyone's happy doubt from last year will creep in but the only difference is we didn't have Juan Soto sure, last sure. year at the deadline and now the guys around him Manny you know, need to step up and they need to step up today. Yep. Yep. 100% agree with that. And I would say, you know, like you said, that's the doubt that starts to potentially creep in for guys like maybe me as a more casual fan or people in general watching. And it is hard to sit there and say, there's no effect on the team. I don't think anybody truly believes that. Yeah. You as a casual fan, and so are the players. The right. That doubt, too, because you can always look at each other and go, oh, here we go again. Same old S. Guys getting thrown out at third. You know, guys get, you know, stealing bags off us like crazy. Like, why can't we execute? We're pressing. You know, in baseball, there's a saying, and it's a bit crass, but I grew up around the game. and I had a lot of friends that played pro ball, and it's a, a phrase I learned. And that's what they always say. Like, dude, just relax. Like, everyone's got tight bundle. Let's stop clenching yep. the bat. Let's start stop gritting our teeth. And, dude, they walk around 
they're not loose. Um, nope. They're not having fun. And it, they all got tight balls. Stupid decision. My God. Hammered together. Have some and get back on track and and you know it starts today so it's uh it, it's very obvious like what's happening the problem is is once the train be hard to get it back on track yep 100 percent. and i can i mean attesting to that you know i i just i remember the days um you know having played college baseball myself there'd be the teams in yeah, your conference where yeah there, there there's the teams in your conference where you show up and you're like uh you know, these guys are, have lost one game all year and you show up and you get swept by them expecting to potentially compete or even you play a close game with them and the breaks don't go your way and you think, oh, that's just bad luck. The other course, bad luck's always going against us, right? And that seems to be sort of the sentiment it feels like with the Padres and maybe the fan base is like, oh, of course, you know, bad luck here. This ball bounces just off the wall or this and that. It's like, actually, it's a compounding, uh, you know, mistake after mistake. And, and what yeah. is the saying? It's luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So if we're prepared right. and the opportunity comes up, then we're going to get the quote-unquote luck when in reality it's Will Myers getting thrown out of third base, like you said. Or it's, guys, over and over, me sitting here on the TV watching Dylan Floro come in in the ninth inning and knowing he's going to throw sinkers in and sliders away. So be ready for one of those two pitches. And that's what he throws. Right. And then guys get caught off guard by it. And it's mind-blowing. But that's just pressing and everything else and not playing with a loose attitude. Like, guys seem to be like Manny and, and you know, maybe Soto to an extent. Um, pro far, yeah. Right, right. So, I think on the topic, I don't want to beat it to, you know, beat a dead horse. But on the topic of Fernando, okay, the last thing I'll ask. Being in the city, it's a long ways away. Do you think, A, there's anything he can do specifically to the fans that would ultimately lead to, B, him being welcomed back uh, with more of open arms than maybe, you know, some other guys have in the past when they test positive. Do you think there's a, do you think there's a path to that ultimate outcome? Or do you think even if nothing happens, you know, directly from Fernando to the fans, like what will the reception be like when he does eventually come back? Well, the way, the way I'd like to see it play out is this Um, meeting tomorrow and I want to hear it went well, you know, where we have a plan and we have a path ahead. Then I want to hear about the meeting with the players. And I want the players to say, yep, we talked to him. It's all good. We love him. He loves us. He wants to be here. He's committed and knows he, you know, knows he messed up. Then I want Fernando Tatis Jr. to disappear uh, until spring training. And then I want him to do a press conference at spring training and say, this is the, these are the things I've done in the last four or five months. Um, and I'm healthy and I am ready to jam. And I can't wait to be back on the field with my team. And I'll tell you what, man, when he runs out of the dugout for game one, uh, I'm still, I'm going to probably as a grown man, if he does the work, and again, he doesn't owe us a damn thing. I know we buy the merch. I know we buy the tickets, but dude, He's got to get himself right. Yep. He has to get himself right. He needs to he needs to commit to being a better human being and being responsible. And and then and only then, you know, um, I'm I'm a guy that has screwed up so many times in my twenties and thirties, and I can't imagine, you know, uh, he has three hundred and twenty million dollars. I mean, I screwed up with three hundred and twenty dollars in my pocket. I can't <laughs> right. even imagine, right? You know, uh, the all that. But man, at the end of the day. The ringworm garbage. Yep. Um, it's 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 trash. It's trash. I hated it then. I still hate it. I've talked to enough bodybuilders to know. Yep. Hey man, he actually he actually used something that uh, that nobody's really used. You stack it with this, it's actually really effective. And I'm like, of course, he thinks he's bigger than the game. He needs to be humbled a little bit, and that's yep. okay, man. It happens to the best of us. Like, you gotta hit rock bottom before you can get your life together. I mean, yep. just a, a small, small personal story. I was 18. I went off to college at Texas Tech. All my friends went to Tech. I had no desire to go. I just wanted to be with my friends. Well, I went out. I drank every night. I partied. I had a great time. And I flunked out. And I came home to live with my parents like an idiot. And I said to my dad, 
well, if I'm going to work, I need a car. And he's like, sorry, dude, I, you just cost me a year in college. Yep. Find a place where you can find a place where you can walk. And I'm like, walk, but I'm, I'm, I'm me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hot shot. He goes, well, if you're going to live in this house, you have to have a job. So dude, I, I walked down and there was a gas station uh, down the street. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I am a year out of high school. And I'm working at a gas station and I did it. And I did it for a year. And I realized I don't want to live this life. I decided where to go to school. I took some correspondence classes. I got the necessary deal. I got accepted and I went off to school and I never came back home. And, you know, it took me hitting the absolute bottom to realize, dude, my life could be a lot worse than going to college and like going to school and getting grades and having fun, which I still was able to do. Yep. But it took me hitting, hitting bottom. And I think for Fernando, you know, it's the, these kind of lessons, man. Like, you don't want this stuff to continue to happen. I think they're at the end of their rope with him. And, yeah, he's a player in the world, but you're a shitty teammate right now. You know, like, yeah. you're a shitty teammate. And and that's what it boils down to. Like, 100%. Yeah, you're better. You're better than everybody in that clubhouse. No one's disputing that, but you're not a good teammate. And that's the first thing you have to be in the big leagues is a good teammate. Right. And, uh I think I think he'll learn that man, and I think I think everything's gonna be okay. And I do feel like if everybody can kind of step back a little bit and and realize that he is, you know, and look, I'm tired of saying he's a kid, 23 in baseball terms. He's been in, you know, he's been in professional baseball for seven, eight years. Like that's you're not a kid anymore. You yep. know how this this works. Your dad was in the bigs. You know how this works. So enough. It's clean slate. Serve your suspension, come back and let's kick some ass and go win a World Series. That's it. That's it. Hundred percent. Yep. You know, I don't I don't think he has to, you know, cry in front of the fans. I mean, seriously, serve your suspension, get healthy, come back and start producing on the field, be quiet, you know, be you, but like don't you don't have to do media every day. Just just go out and produce and be a good teammate. And I, I promise you, man. This city is so forgiving. Oh yeah, uh, I've already, I've already forgiven him. I just want him to be healthy and happy. That's it. And come back and help us win. And you know, let let my kids grow up watching you play. And what a great lesson he will be to my kids. A yep. great lesson. Yep. You know, I mean, and and he he now has the opportunity in front of him to be so much more transcendent. To I had the world at my fingertips. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Too late. Don't do what I did. Right. I mean, that is – there's a huge opportunity there for him if he does it the right way. If his ego still exists and he still wants to be, you know, kind of a dick, then he up and spit you out. And maybe it's not here in San Diego. I hope it is. Don't, don't be a cautionary tale. Don't be a flash in the pan. Yeah. You know, be be a goat. Be a goat. And that's what he is. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. And you know, you, it's so funny you mentioned crying in front of the people. And one of the uh, first reactions I had with uh, just our platform and our channel was I made a, an uncut, like raw reaction video to Fernando's suspension on Friday night. You know, similar to the show you guys hosted after the game, with a lot of raw emotions, right? And I was saying, uh, you know, the first instinct for a lot of these people is like, he's ruined his legacy. He's toast. He's done. No one's ever going to forgive him. All these different things. Of course, that's usually not the case. And additionally, though, one of the pieces I put in there is a lot of people at the end of the day, whether you, it's a it's a massive mistake or not, you look at some of the greatest athletes in the world making the biggest mistakes. Tiger Woods, Kobe, oh, yeah. all these different guys. And one of the main yep. things that, that they all have in common that has brought them back to the spotlight and, and elevated them back up to the level they were at before whatever the instance was is they expressed a lot of humility and remorse. And when you yeah. when you initially see, you know, his response to, to it being, well, it was ringworm. Or you hear his dad saying, right. my kid is God's gift to the world, and now millions aren't going to watch because MLB handled this situation wrong. Or his mom posting sc screenshots of his quote-unquote ringworm. That's where it ticks people off, I feel like, much more. Uh, you know, and the people of San Diego see that, but I also think, the main point I made in that rant was I think to me, this entire situation 
believe it or not, although it is a, a series of mistakes, I honestly put it in one giant melting pot of it's a giant, huge mistake where it starts with the yeah. it starts with the motorcycle crash, then he tries to hide it, and in the process of hiding it, you know, subsequently comes across a uh, uh, ball, puts it on to potentially you know try to heal himself and also get stronger in the process. It's all one giant mistake, in my opinion, but that doesn't make it any better or any worse. And like you said, he has to get to a point where somebody holds him accountable. In a situation last year where it seemed like this was inevitable when he's being screamed at by Manny Machado in the dugout. And Manny's telling him, dude, everybody knows you're the best. Quit being a baby. Quit being a bad teammate. Everybody knows it. So it sounds like, like you said, he needs to get shook to his core a little bit. He needs to get humbled. And, um, you know, I was just curious, I guess, the insight from a local, you know, San Diego leader of of uh, sports media down there. And, um, you know, hopefully, like you said, he comes out, he stays humble, he produces. And ultimately, that's what will probably lead him to forgiveness the most is a couple 50 home run years, a couple MVPs and a World Series ring. So, um, yeah. And, you, you know, you, you, you name a couple of guys and there's been so many guys that got in trouble over the years and have massive redemption arts. And um, it, it's about it's not about what you did. It's about what you do next. And, and um, my, I mean, my Lord, it's 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 such a disappointment to be sure, because, yeah, we'd love to see him back. I have tickets to the game tomorrow. I have tickets to the game tomorrow. Tomorrow was supposed to be his first game back. And yeah, man, it's a little tough to stomach that he won't be uh, making his appearance uh, tomorrow night or, or any time in the near future. But, you know, I I just really look at it as a case of, all right, young man, you know, you've got, you've got it in front of you and nobody controls their destiny more than you do right now. Yep. And so, um, you know, make the most of it, help people, help um, yourself you know, heal yourself, whatever's going on, get to the bottom of it, get to the root of it and, and be a good human and, and, you know, use this as an opportunity to help others uh, realize, you know, the, the consequences that their actions have. And um, I, I do, I love the kid. I, I, I absolutely do. And so I, I've screwed up so many times in my life, so many times. And, um, you know, there's obviously a reason I made it through all of this and, you know, I've always felt it, it was to be a dad. And, and so it's just hard. Like I understand what senior is doing, even though right. he does it with the best intentions. It's just such a dumb move these days, you know, where everything is blown up, you know, don't give us, don't give us in sports media, the ammunition, just don't say a word. You know, it's yep. like, if I got, if I got, a, and I'm, I'm still learning this lesson at 47, we'll have a guy tweet in our show about something he misheard or, you know, something we did, he didn't like. And, of course, I'm the one that responds. And, you know, it, sometimes it turns contentious. You know, my wife will always say, why, why, why? Yep. Why do you give them Why do you give them oxygen? And I look at her and I'm like, I don't know. Some days I do, some <laughs> days I don't. Yep. I, I'm, I'm human. I'm, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. And nine times out of ten, I can flip them or make them see my side or whatever. But – Sometimes people just don't like you, and that's not going to change. And it's just the way that it is. And, you know, there are going to be people that never forgive him, which I think is ridiculous. He yep. didn't murder anybody. Right. didn't hurt anybody physically. And, um, you know, but the, it's sad to say, but I do feel that, you know, production will probably win out overall. Production and attitude. If he has a good attitude with the guys and, you know, well, you know, they welcome him back in. Yeah, I think it's all going to blow over in six yep. months a year. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And I think, you know, we've seen some some instances in the past where it's been mishandled with the Astros, yeah. for example. You know, those guys come out on the podium in spring training and they that Alex Bregman's reading off of a freaking teleprompter, you know, or a PR statement that was written up by somebody else. And it's apparent that those guys didn't give a shit about – the fact that they screwed over so many pitchers and teams and yeah. and tr- tr- changed the game for for the worse and so yeah. for him he's going to he's obviously caused a lot of damage but like you said it's also not in any case unless it's like you said probably murder it's not irreparable and so i think no. um he can find a way and hopefully you guys in San Diego and myself as a as a 
moved away Padres fan can see him take the right steps, not just like you said, selfishly for us, but for the rest of the game for baseball, oh, yeah, for, yeah. for when I go to games in Denver, you know, at Coors field for Padres games. And I see the kids, like you mentioned with the Tatis jerseys and the sunglasses and the swag chain and the, and the dreadlocks under their hat, you know, and all that stuff. Those kids is, is more so who I hope he can be a role model for in, in the future. And so that way it's easier to explain to your kids and to those kids Hey, you know, he made a mistake just like you did when you, uh, you know, when you spilled the milk at, at the at the dinner table. You know, you made a mistake. Yep. But what do you do? You feel sorry about it and you make sure you don't do it again. And and That's you it. prove you prove that you can't you know, that you can handle a cup of milk, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, um, it's a, yeah, it's a learning experience for you, sure. You know, just like life, you know, nobody has done it perfectly. Not yep. one person has gotten yep. through it perfectly and un- unscathed and done everything the right way. Yep. And, you know, um, do we give too much to these young kids too fast? Yeah, I think so. But that's a different story. I, 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 I am all about rewarding talent and rewarding, you know, the best of the best. And, and sometimes it backfires. Sometimes it doesn't. So, yep. you know, there's yeah. no, there's no, there's no way to know. And, and I just, I know that the city will absolutely embrace them again. And, um, you know, it's just going to take a little humility and, and, you know, good production and staying on the field and, being a good teammate and um you know i'm pulling for him i am i felt bad i mean i hit him pretty hard friday night just because i you know the excuses is what got me and that's been the pattern of of things i don't like it's like bro you know i've screwed up so many times you have to just say you know what i did it i did did this i did that i own it i'm not going to try to get out of this one um i screwed up i screwed up please you know please forgive me or don't and i'll earn your trust back one or the other so Yep. I screw up at home. I screw up at work. We all do, but the, you know, the 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 team of people speaking for them, the excuses, even if it was ringworm, man, it doesn't matter. It's on the list. It's in your body. Yep. It got there somehow. It doesn't yep. matter how it got there. That's the thing. It's on the list. Yeah. So. Hundred percent. Your your mess. It's right there, black and white. This this is a list of shit you can't take. If it's in your body or in your urine, or in your blood. You're going to go down for it. Okay. Everybody get it? Yep. And we sign off on that. Great. Here's the list. Yeah. Okay. You have the list. Who cares how it got in there? Who cares if somebody threw it at you? Like it got in there. It's your responsibility. So, yep. 100%. Um, and that's, that's just a, a lack of accountability. And I bet you, you know, I would imagine we'll see a new statement here pretty soon. I really do. I, I would, I would think so. And it's up to us to judge and decide if it's genuine or not. Yep. And I got to imagine after a meeting with Peter and AJ, you know, we'll have a good idea tomorrow, the next day, what it's gonna, what it's gonna look like. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and last thing I'll say, you know, the accountability aspect. I think the only part that's even a little bit more alarming, you know, like you said, as a parent, the surrounds throughout the system he surrounds himself with, his parents. That's not a whole lot he can control. And on the flip side, his parents are right. always gonna stick up for him no matter what. I think for me, the, no a little bit more of the alarming side is some of the support system that he has been given in terms of uh, Dominican community uh, and some of the guys like Pedro Martinez, I think it was last night on TBS talking about um, how the Padres are somehow at fault for anything that's happened with Fernando. Um, And that, that, yeah, that situation or that statement in itself, you know, was immediately challenged on the panel of hosts they had by Jimmy Rollins, who, you know, challenged it right away and said, that Pedro, there's just no shot, man. Like you, it's okay. your body. It's, it's your, you need to know. I mean, he didn't say this directly, but essentially you need to know where the chickens are raised that you're eating, you know, like it sounds right. crazy, yeah. but you need to know everything. So, um, you know, that, that sort of support system of, of like big poppy and, and Pedro talking about how maybe MLB could have handled it differently or Pedro saying Padres should have done something. That that in itself needs to be, in my opinion, just shut down completely and come at it more from Jimmy Rollins and everybody else's approach. I feel like that's just you need to be accountable. You're an individual entity, whether you are part of a team or not. And it's clear in this case, in this situation, he is on an island at this point by himself. He's got nobody really supporting him in his in his organization, his team. Hopefully that changes. Hopefully he can make the changes to earn that trust back. And hopefully you guys in San Diego get to see (laughs) Supposed uh, transcending, you know, and amazing talent. Obviously, being a Padres fan, I don't get to see him in person as often, but hopefully he comes back. And Padres, you know, the Padres can yeah. get a championship sometime soon. So, 
That's I that's hope the hope. Later, my friend. Yeah. For all of our mental health. At yeah. Yeah. Well, Stephen. Either way, thank you for uh, taking the time after your show today, after talking sports, to talk more sports with me. Um, I appreciate it. This this episode will be out um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, potentially YouTube as well. So be sure to pass that along. I will be sure to pass that along to you, and and um, hopefully those tuning in got got some good insight. But we appreciate you taking the time today, and um, yeah, fingers crossed for improvements all the way around. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, Stephen. We'll talk to you later. Bye. That was Stephen Woods. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that conversation. Stephen Woods of Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan, San Diego Sports Talk Radio Station. Really appreciate him taking the time to do that. And hopefully you guys got some insight. You know, I think the people of San Diego, as, as Stephen mentioned, are very, very forgiving. I think everybody's forgiving. People are willing to forgive somebody if they express remorse, humility, and they go about things the right way after they made whatever mistake it was that they've made. Right? So, I think at the end of the day, will Fernando Tatis Jr. be fine? Probably. Right? I think he'll be okay. Does that mean he can just continue to do how he, you know do what he's doing and live his life the same way? Of course not. He's got to make changes. Not just for Padres fans. This isn't a Padres-only baseball show. This is a baseball show. So it's better for the game if Fernando gets his head on straight and his support system stops inflating his ego and people start holding him accountable. Better for everybody. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode, man. Hopefully Fernando can get his head on straight. I'd say for selfish reasons, hopefully the Padres win the World Series, but who knows? Who knows if they do? Who knows if they don't? Realistically, looking like a couple of teams are probably going to be the only ones, but I'll be rooting for the Padres. I'll be rooting for underdogs in general. I think that's some, you know, a better approach to go about certain things. But it is what it is, man. We appreciate the time again from Steven today. Go check them out on, on social media, Ben and Woods Show. Uh, Steven Woods, awesome guy. Great insight from the people, you know, the perspective of the people in San Diego. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. So episode 21 in the books. We'll catch you guys on episode 22 next time of the Between the Stitches podcast, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. Adios. Thanks for listening to Between the Stitches. Follow Phenomenal Fan Media on social media for more. And subscribe on Patreon for exclusive content. And boo and rain.